talk about um, Patrick Vieira. Um, obviously, new to the Premier League. Didn't have the best of time at Nice. Um, brilliant player. I think we can all agree that. But in terms of um, what his expectations are, I suppose, taking over from Roy Hodgson, who, for me, done quite a very, you know, an okay job. He done well, sustained a team, got the best out of the, the squad. But what's your thoughts initially on, on, on Vieira coming in and the signings that you've made so far? I'm extremely excited about about this project that we're on at this moment. Um, for me, uh, I'll just touch on Ray briefly. Like he, he's made us a very stable Premier League side, um, but I think it it got to an, a point where the fans were divided because the likes of them Wolves, Villa, um, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, they all got promoted and were kind of doing better than we were and such. Um, yeah. But this is no slander on Roy because Roy was superb for us, to be honest. Uh, Patrick's come in and he, you can tell he's got a clear philosophy. We've changed, completely changed. We are no longer a, like a two banks of four and just sit back and counter. We're actually trying to play out the back, which is going to take time. It's going to take time. And um, we look a lot more comfortable on the ball. We look a lot more assured. We're trying to drive through the, um, the middle of the park and get the ball forward to our front men a lot quicker. Um, it, it's going to be a transition, to be honest. Um, but I'm really excited. And you spoke, you speak about the signings. We've done good business so far, um, considering we lost about 13, 14 players out of contract at the end of last season. Um, it's a massive loss, and some of those players are massive experience Townsend, Cahill, Scott Dan, huge experience there. So, um Thank you for your boys, by the way, and I'm sure we'll touch into them later on in the show. Like some really, really good. Um, you've got some. You turn out some amazing youth players, by the way. Um, but then Joachim Anderson for me is one of the biggest signings we've made. Um, he was brilliant for Fulham last season, and to get a player of his caliber from a, a, a Champions League side, so to speak, um, shows the direction we're going. And could we have got those type of players on the right? I'm not sure. So there must be something about Patrick that's wanting players to come and play for him, you know? So I'm really excited about, yeah. about the season ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting season. Like you say, it's going to be a bit of an up and down. It's going to be a transition with obviously Roy leaving, Patrick coming in. But um, yeah, you know, I think there's time will tell. I think if it's the right appointment and obviously he needs a lot of time to, to embed those players that he's brought into the team as well. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, obviously you couldn't play Conor Gallagher on Saturday, obviously um, being being from Chelsea, but I think he would have been a massive input on on Saturday. But um, Theo, just, and obviously I know he was at the game on Saturday and, uh, you know, first time back at the bridge, I think you said since 2020, November, I think you said something like that, was it? Yeah, Everton? I think it was uh, my first time for, um, for a competitive game at Stamford Bridge since Everton, I think March 2020. So just the week before the, the lockdown hit. Yeah. So it was a nice year to see a full capacity Stamford Bridge as well. Um, and just wanted to just add on what Rich said about um, Patrick Vieira. I think he's he's done a great bit of business. And he even said in his post, post-match interview, He's looking to bring, I think, another four players in, maybe. So maybe if he gets it, yeah, if he gets those players that he wants, I think he can build a decent squad. And I think maybe why Palace maybe struggled so much against Chelsea was that lack of creativity, which maybe will come with Conor Gallagher, who was um, obviously couldn't play against his parent club. 
So I think, um, you know, if you give him more time, maybe more time than I think it was Dubao in 2017, then I think we should see some some good things from him. Yeah, the, it's funny you mentioned the ball because I, I think there's this one journalist who tried to make a link between the two. The ball came in and he kind of alienated half the squad. Um, <clears throat> that's a big no-no. Patrick's coming and he's really united the squad. Um, there was a... On uh, like an, a Palace eleven side preseason friendly against Brentford B um, last week, and he got some of the first team guys to come down and watch it, and it was it had a lot of the the youth team players there, so it just shows there's a more united environment. Um, the ball made a mess. Yeah, it, nah, yeah, he had to go. <laughs> he had to go. I think we'll be a lot more patient. I think we'll be a lot more patient this this time around. There's been there's been mention of. Um... Kabak, I think is one of the names I read recently, um, and also Kurt Zuma um, coming in to, to Crystal Palace. Would you take either of Zuma or Kabak as a, an option at centre-back? I'll take Zuma. Um, not saying, like, because Kabak, he, he did struggle initially at Liverpool and he found his feet and he was actually very, very decent. But Zuma just has that bit more experience in the league. Um, the physicality at the back will be a massive benefit for us, to be honest. Um, and he's won things as much as I know he divides opinion yeah. for for Chelsea fans. He's won things with you guys. So um, if I was to pick out the two, it would definitely be cut. Definitely be cut. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good player. He's still obviously got a lot a lot of um, you know experience behind him, and I, I'm sure there's room for development still within within him. He's a centre back, so you know they can play beyond thirty plus if he keeps himself fit. Um, yeah. you know, and and you, like you say, he's a serial winner. He's he's won stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, be, it will be interesting. But moving over to to the game, I've got to, I've got to do it, Rich. I've got to bring it up. Um, on, three it, nil. <laughs> um, yeah, three nil. So, like I mentioned, Theo, you was there. You was at Stamford Bridge. Um, what was your initial thoughts when you see the lineup that we went with um, with, with Tuchel? Were you impressed with, with what you got to see? I think the lineup made complete sense, just like the Super Cup, in terms of which players were match fit, I suppose. Um, we spoke about potentially, I think you thought Chilwell might start as a left wing back. I, I thought Alonso were pretty based on his preseason and the form he were he was coming into the game with. And um I think, you know, the lineup, you know, two calls starting eleven paid off in a way, because um, you know, we got the two two goals in the first half, which we needed, I suppose, to have a more comfortable second half. I thought every every player played their part. Um, Chilobo was superb as the, one of the three centre backs, and a player that you know purely merited off his preseason. I think if I had to pick out two players that really stood out for me, the two I mentioned, Chilobo and um, and Alonso, I think they changed the game. And then obviously it was a shame not to have um, Kante and Ziyech out injured, but um, it just goes to show how much depth we have in the squad and how many options we can pick from. Um, I think Kante is back for Arsenal next week. I mean, this weekend. So I think that's a huge, um, a huge plus for us and Lukaku as well, which I think we'll talk about, um, you know, possibly if we cover briefly the, the, the weekend's fixtures. But, um, but I think it was a great, you know, bear in mind it was our first kind of competitive game after, you know, of the season. I think it was a great performance. And I remember Palace, you know, beating um, United at Old Trafford last season in the first game. So I think, um, you know, it goes to show that we were kind of up to it today. Whereas, against a decent Palace team. And I think, as we spoke about Vieira and the, tra- the players he's brought in, especially in that second half when he paired um, Joachim Anderson up with um, with Mark Way, I think those would be the two starting centre-backs for Palace across the season. So um, I think we saw a very decent game um, against a tough opposition who 
we've had a very good record against them. And obviously, I just want to say about Pulisic, he got his, I think, fifth goal in five appearances against Crystal Palace. <laughs> so I think he's becoming a bit of a... He just know, loves, loves to score. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm uh, sick to death of seeing Captain America. <laughs> um, I mean, for me personally, just looking at the game, um, I feel we, we, we started off in the, with the wrong shape. We've been playing 4-3-3 most of the season. I believe we went 4-4-2. Um, I don't know what's happening with Benteke. I don't know if he's still not match fit yet, but I would have played him anyway. Um, and I don't, I really want to give Mateta a chance because I can see there's something in him. But it's either he's low on confidence. I know he hasn't played many games for us, to be honest, but it's just not clicking with him at the moment. It really isn't. And um, I'm not the type of person that's like, yeah, I'll get out of my club. No, 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 no. Like, I would like to see players thrive. You know, we've had other players that have had potential, like Max Meyer, and just didn't get a mm. chance. Um, and now he's gone and stuff. But um, I think once Anderson came on second half and we, we changed our shape, we were a lot better. We were a lot better. And um, I was even saying on, on in my own match reaction that when you look at it, all three goals were avoidable to an extent. Um, the foul leading up to Alonso's free kick, I think, was soft, but. Um, Pulisic's goal um, I think Gaeta could have done a bit better with, with the, the cross and then um, Chalabar you, you can't give any player I don't care what position you play but you can't give him 10-15 yards to have a shot yards in for trouble so um, it, it's the first game of the season um, we played the European champions um, I thought with Kante and ZHB now I thought it might actually help us <laughs> But once again, it shows your squad depth. Um, and and, and fair, fair play to you guys. Fair play. Yeah, and I think I think it was interesting because watching the game, um, the amount of space that Alonso w- was given, sort of to just roam around and 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 do what he does. You know, he gets forward. He likes to get the ball into the box, and he was doing that a lot. Uh, um, it just didn't seem like you know Jordan Ayew and and Joel Ward were able to cope yeah. on, on that side and it was just I'm not Jordan sure whether that was what v- yeah and I don't know if that was what Vieira's told him to do I'm not sure if it was a mixed message from from the manager or whoever but it just didn't seem like it was something that um, you know he, he knew what he needed to do what was his role what was his responsibilities on that on, in the game but um, I, I yeah. do agree with you I think a lot of the in fact all three of the goals I agree you know I think they um, they were avoidable I mean obviously Alonso on a free kick you, you could probably oh, put free a kick. lot of money on it that he's yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to go in. I don't think the goalkeeper stood a chance, but um, yeah, you know, I think first half we were just, you know, we dominated. Uh, you know, I don't think you had a shot at all. Um, 30% possession first half. And, you know, we just, we were constantly, you know, we get the ball, we might lose the ball, but we get it back. And that that was something that surprised me because usually, you know, we've got Kante who does all that work in midfield for us. But, you know, having um, Jorginho and Kovacic, um, you know, in the middle, it, it worked and, and it done really well. Um, like Theo said, you know, I was impressive with uh, Chalaba. I thought, you know, coming into a, a game, debut Premier League game and, and doing how well he did, it almost stakes a claim that he might stay Chelsea now. What, what, what do you reckon, Theo? Uh, I think he will stay. I don't see why he wouldn't stay after the performances he's had in the Super Cup and the opening game against Palace. Um, I think if one defender is pushed out the door, you know, because we have so many centre-backs, it may be Kazuma now, even though he started in that Super Cup um, 
in, in, in Belfast, which is a bit harsh on Kurt, especially if we were to bring in um, Jules Kunde as well. So, um, but I think, you know, Chilobo will stay. I was talking to my, my work colleague who's a Watford fan and there were rumours apparently at one point in the summer that he might join Watford on loan at some point. Um, I'd love him to stay at Chelsea, but if it's a Prem loan and he means he gets to play every week, maybe let it be. But I do think he's got a part to play for this Chelsea squad, especially given that performance he put in against Palace. And obviously, you can see what it meant to him as well when he scored that goal. And we want players that care about playing, you know, for Chelsea. We want, we've lost to Mori, we've lost um, Abraham now. Um, it looks like, you know, to have those players that have come from the academy since they were the age of eight or nine. It's what we want, you know, as a fat Chelsea fan, to see them, you know, play for the badge. And it means a lot. And it's just... It's a special moment, you know, to see them make their debut and obviously to score goals and have those reactions like that. So I think if I had to choose, I'd want him to stay and I don't see why he shouldn't the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, obviously there's talk about Kunde still, still that, that transfer is looming. Um, if I'm honest, off the back of what I've watched so far of Trevor Chalabar, yes, Kunde is a brilliant, he's obviously a lot better than Chalabar. We, we know that he's, he's, he's a, a definitely better centre-back, but... I think, you know, in terms of spending the money on Kunde when we've got Trevor Chalobah that can do that. Obviously Andreas Christensen still there, like you just mentioned, we've got we've got plenty of centre backs coming through the youth system that's still at a level eventually that they're going to be able to play in the senior squad. So I do think do we need him? You know, we've still got uh, Malang Sar on, on loan um as well. So it's just a lot of obviously, you know, we've we've lost Mark where you are. I'd love to have seen um you know play at the bridge I think he was and Tamori as well um but like you mentioned at the start of the, the um, episode Rich you know we've we've um as a Chelsea fan you know we've got probably one of the best academies probably in the world um I go back to um Lamptey as well who was another player that I loved yeah. um yeah he just never got the opportunity but you know injury permitted I think he would have had a brilliant season last year at Brighton but um I just wanted to ask you around Obviously, Patrick Vieira's come in. You mentioned he's changed it. It was usually 4-3-3, I believe, that he used to play under um, Roy Hodgson. Do, do you think sticking with the 4-4-2 is going to work for Crystal Palace moving forward? Or do you think, you know, is it just the fact that you played the Champions of Europe, you know, just coming off the back of a Super Cup win as well? Um, first games of the season are never easy anyway. You, you know, we've seen that yesterday yeah. with Man City against Spurs. So do you, yeah. do you think he, should, he needs to change it for the next, next game? I mean... Um... Funny enough, Ray went to four four two last season, and we've always actually been a four three three team. Um, I don't know why Patrick went four four two because we've played all preseason. We've played four three three, and it's worked. Um, Jordan's been a bit higher up the pitch because of it. Um, yeah, he just looked a bit lost at right midfield, um, and I think it allowed as much as I had had a good game. It, it allowed your defenders to have an extra and allowed one of your defenders to come out from the back. Um and then your press was relentless. Now obviously we're now trying to play from the back. Um so what I'm actually happy we experienced this because against the better size who press a bit more fiercely, we're gonna have to move the ball quicker. So to experience losing the ball in transition and such. I know it sounds mad it's thinking, oh but you look lost three nil. No, but listen, we've got to take We've got to learn from this. You know, if we mm. if it was against like a, a Norwich or Watford, I'll be fuming. We're playing the European champions. Um, so whatever we've done wrong from Saturday, we need to go and put those put those things right against Brentford this weekend, who are 
absolutely buzzing at the moment with their result. Um, but no, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm happy with Patrick. I'm happy with his his ideas, his philosophy. Um, like I said, I was just a bit surprised he went four four two. Once we changed the, the, the shape, we, like I said, we looked a lot better, which shows me that he can adapt mid game. Um, where Ray would wait 70, maybe 80 minutes to make a change. So that there's positive signs there. It's just, what, I think once we get our first win and then our second win, I think we will then start getting into a bit of a rhythm. You know, the first game of the season is never easy. It is never, never easy. Um, so um, we don't need to go burn down the hatchets or burn down houses and that. Listen, Saturday's game, it's just, it's just so much more important now. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. And um, there was always talk about Frank Lampard at some point potentially taking that job, I think, before um, Patrick got it. And I know, Theo, you've mentioned it a few times as well, um, that it seems probably a better fit for, for Frank. So do, do you reckon that would have been maybe the right, the, the better option to, to go maybe with someone who's had that experience in the Premier League as a manager, um, you know, to, to probably take that job on? I mean, past maybe it's just a bit of so, a Chelsea sorry, bias coming in here, yeah. um, but um, but I think um, Frank would have done a superb job at Palace. I know it for a fact. You know the players that he could have brought in. I think he would have probably brought in Guahi, Gallagher, very similar players from um, from Chelsea. But um, but I think that as we spoke about, I think the project that Patrick Vieira is trying to put in place and the fact he's still after another four players is very very exciting as well. And I think even managers got fantastic ball power. I think you know they're. Probably the players you know that are coming up now would have watched them growing up, the likes of Lampard and Vieira. So either way, they would have probably been really attracted to play under their their type of football potentially, and also learn from them as you know fearless midfielders. So um, I think it's only a matter of time now before we see Frank Lampard back in the Premier League in some kind of manager role, or even whether it's back at I don't know any England setup potentially. But um, but I think um, as I said, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see Vieira. I'm really excited to see Vieira. And as I said, I think um, he'll be given a full season for sure. And I think, um, as Rich said, we shouldn't judge him on that first game. It should be more than that. I think the Brentford one this weekend will be huge because I think... Um, massive. Massive, exactly. I think um, they're coming out of a very good result as well. They've got all this hype. And as I said, they're buzzing. No pun intended being the bees. But um, <laughs> but I think I think that's a really important game for them. And I think as well, seeing Gallagher, I mean, this is by Chelsea coming out again, but I'm really excited to see Gallagher we spoke, we spoke on a previous episode about, um, you know, I think going from West Brom to Palace is a huge step up in the Premier League, I think. And I think now that he's going to have um, a brilliant manager to learn under in, in Patrick, in, um, Patrick Vieira, I think will be, will be huge and really beneficial to him, hopefully when he comes back to Chelsea next summer. Yeah. Just on, just on oh, Frank Lampard, I was just, just on Frank Lampard, um, there were rumours that he felt like he deserved a bigger club than, than us. So, um, whether oh, they're wow. true or not, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, but I would have been happy with him because of his ability to work with youth. And we've we've just set up an amazing academy. Uh, we're now a category A status academy, and um, there are some talented youths in our um, coming up in under 18s and under 23s. Um, Jez Raksaki, please, he came on against you guys. Watch out for him. <laughs> He's going to be an absolute player, you know. Um, and there's a few others in the wings and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I would have taken Frank. Um, I'm just, and I, I don't want to sound like, like I don't like British managers, but I'm just glad it's not the, you know, the usual carousel of like the, the Sam Allardyce's, Pulis's, like the same yeah. 
pool yeah. of managers that that seem to get jobs. I'm just glad it's not not one of them. To be fair, yeah. And it's it's good that you know it's a it's a manager that hasn't managed in the Premier League. I think that's going to be, you know, we're going to see something different from Patrick as well, which will be which will be interesting. You know, um, I, I think it will only only be better. You know, over over the season, Brentford's going to be tough. I mean, they played really well against well, Arsenal. Um, you know, and you know, you see teams come up from the championship and they, they're on a high, they're still playing like it's a cup final every game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, to see that. But, um, I just wanted to talk, there's a, obviously a question there about Mark Rahe and, and as Chelsea fans, are we, are we going to lose him? Um, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, you know, he, he's someone that I think will go on leaps and bounds and, and definitely get to the highest heights. He's got that, that sort of, um, you know, about him, you know, that he looks like he's someone who can go down as one of the best central def- central uh, defenders. So for me personally, it's a massive loss, probably more bigger than Tamori. Um, you know, those those kind of players, you know, you see them come and go, but Aguehi, he's something special about him. And I think going to Palace, we're going to probably see a lot more of that now. He's going to get a lot more game time as well. Um, but I don't know, Fia, what, what's your thoughts? I'd I'd fully have to agree. Um, 100% really gutted to lose him. I remember watching him make his Chelsea debut in the first team. I think against Grimsby in the League Cup final under Frank Lamp in Frank Lampard's first season at Stamford Bridge, and he looked so composed on the ball. Um, he looked like you know he'd been playing the game for forever in a way. And um, when we sold Tomori in the back of my head, that went, you know, you know six months at AC Milan, it was almost you know it was for sure that he was going to be sold on a permanent deal. And I always thought to myself, it's fine. We have Mark Wehi, you know, we can fill in in that role. And then, um, especially those championship, you know, playoff games against um, when he for Swansea, I think he was man of the match in both both of them. Forgot who they played. It wasn't Bournemouth. I think it was someone else. But um, he was fantastic, and I think he, you know, he he's really he's really looked show that promise in, at Swansea. And I thought, you know, maybe a Premier Premier League loan this season. But obviously, mm-hmm. we sold him permanently for very good money. There, twenty five million, which probably funded you know a large portion of the Lukaku fee. Um, so really gutted to to lose him, but at the same time, I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League. He's one of those players that, similarly to Gallagher, deserves to be playing week in, week out. And um, I think you know he'll be he'll be he seems to I think he will be really liked by the Crystal Palace fans as well in a way that he'll be playing oh, a lot no. of football. We love him already. <laughs> we love him already. Just 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 send him our way. We'll look after him. Yeah. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad he's liked, and obviously that like that like for him will probably only grow more from now. I think, and I wouldn't be surprised as well if he's some kind of involved in like a young team of the year or something like that. Because um, I think he's a fantastic player. I mean, we've still got Ross Barkley on the books as well. I think Bakayoko's still there if you want him. Oh my! Drink water. You know, no thank you. You can send him down. We just want your youth talent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to have a quick mention around uh, Timo Werner because I think um, obviously Lukaku seems um, like he's going to be starting against Arsenal um, at the weekend and watching Timo Werner on Saturday it almost made me realise why we've had to sign. I think we would have gave Inter Milan a a blank check if it meant that we could get you know number nine because Timo Werner does everything correct. He, he gets in the right, you know, plays off the defender, the last defender. He makes those brilliant runs. He makes, he stretches defence. He just can't score. And Rich, you mentioned it earlier around the this, um, Pulisic goal. Okay, I mean, it came at him very fast and he maybe, you know, but for me, Werner's getting it. He's doing everything right. He just can't score. 
And you know, is is that is that worrying, Theo, from a from a Chelsea perspective? Is it worrying that we've got someone here that we've arguably brought to to not just score goals, but he hasn't got the best goal goal record for what we've brought him in for? Is it is it a concern that you've got, or is it something that you think may go away once Lukaku's in there playing that number nine role? It's going to help Werner, um, you know, develop, and we've seen that maybe the, the two up front in in the next game. I think last season he had a lot of pressure because he was brought in to probably have a 20 goal season in the league. And that's because that's what he did at Leipzig. And he still had, I think, 22 goal involvement in all competitions across last season, which is quite impressive for a first season. And obviously not having the fans um, being probably home alone with COVID, you know, the COVID period, not being able to explore London. We have to remember he's only 24, I think, 25. Mm. Maybe it affected him. But I think this season, obviously having Lukaku in, having less pressure on him to score goals, um, I think will be really, really beneficial to him. And even in that friendly against Spurs, I think he scored a goal and it was caught offside and then replay showed that it was actually onside. So I think a bit of luck on Timo's side as well will be will do him a world of good. A couple of, I can remember a few goals he scored last season or against Liverpool at Anfield where it was just a fraction offside. You know, things like that when he times his run to perfection this season, the lines being made a bit thicker with VAR, I think, you know, probably give him an extra three or four goals potentially because I know that he... He always waits. You can always see him look, you know, to look at it. He, he is offside a lot, but a lot of the time he tries to time those runs because yeah, um, yeah. we know he's got that pace. I think we spoke about it um, offline with um, T. Dot that, you know, having, if if Tuchel does decide to play both Lukaku and Werner in the same team together as the two number nines, I think that will, both of them can kind of be compatible to the, each other's games in a way, in the way that maybe Werner will take defenders out of the game and give Lukaku that space that he needs. Um, we saw, you know, Werner do that with Zinchenko in the Champions League final, which allowed Kai Havertz, you know, to go free on goal. So I think um, mm. both of them, I think, will be almost compatible to each other's games. And it's not even to mention Kai Havertz, who can also slot into that number nine position too. Yeah, yeah. Rich, you, you agree? Absolutely. As, as much as um, Werner hasn't scored, and I think this this all stems from this whole now GNA era, where... Yeah. Where fans don't watch the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we've said it before. Um, yeah. Yes, he hasn't got the goals, and he should have had a lot more goals than he has. Some of the open goals and stuff, and the chances missed are ridiculous, crazy. But what he actually offers to your team, mm. that the thought of teams trying to play a high line and they're thinking, actually, we can't do this because Timo Werner's there. You know, and you mentioned um, Havertz going to Champions League final. His movement was mad. Yeah. His movement was crazy. If he doesn't make that movement, Mount doesn't, I believe it was Mount, yeah, doesn't pass that ball into Havertz. There's no goal. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it, it's looking beyond the the stats and, and seeing what a player offers. Now, don't get me wrong, the second season now, there's going to be a bigger emphasis to see can he score the goals? But I would never rule him out for what he offers your team, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on um, a pod with uh, Blue Wave, I believe. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Blue Wave from Never a Foul. And um, I was just saying that, like, he was the, play- the one player I feared. Yeah. Because if we're trying to play expansive football playing from the back now, and he's running off, our, off the shoulder of our defenders, we're in trouble. You know? Yeah. Yes, he might not be able to hit the <laughs> score himself, but he's creating chances just from his movement. You mm. know? Um, so ho- hopefully you... I'm sure you guys might be patient with him and hopefully the Chelsea fan base will be, but um, football's a cruel game, man. It's a cruel game. Yeah. 
I think he'll do well. I think he'll. I think the the introduction of Lukaku is going to bring out the best of both Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, um, Hakim Ziyech, Pulisic. It, you know, it's going to bring the best out of them. And um, yeah, I can only. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Arsenal. We may as well get get that out of the way now as well. Um, so I forgot to mention with Lukaku. I think he wins you the league. <laughs> Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions at the end, but yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I agree, I agree. Um, you know, I said it on the, the last episode that we did. Um, I, I think it's we didn't need to to bring in wholesale changes from last season after back of winning the Champions League and the way that we've played and the way that Tuchel plays as well. Um, and Theo, you mentioned the depth that we've already got in the squad. It wasn't wholesale changes needed. We just needed a number nine, um, which we've we've now got. I mean, you know. We talked about Haaland for, for for weeks, you know, offline, me and Theo. And, you know, I'm happier that we've got Lukaku. And I know it sounds mad, but his numbers are brilliant for the Premier League. That's what we need. We don't, you know, if, if Haaland's not available, we've got the next best thing and, and in, in Lukaku. So, you know, we can only be, um, you know, eager and anticipated to see what he's going to be able to do for us. But Arsenal, I mean, I... I I don't know if you got yeah, that was my that was literally my face for the for the full full game. Um perfect time to play them potentially, Theo. I wanna say yes and I wanna say no. I mean I'm remembering <laughs> last season, I think we played them just just after Christmas or maybe a couple of days before Christmas, around the Christmas period. And they were dreadful in that the build up to that game. And then somehow we managed to bottle it and like lose three we lost three one, I think, in the end. And it could have been a lot more for Arsenal. But I think things are a bit different this season. I mean, I looked at that starting eleven against Brentford and the way they played, and it was almost, I don't want to be mean, but like 11 headless chickens running around the pitch. Um, I mean, I know that they didn't play Saka. I think Saka's probably their best player this season. So I'm sure that he'll, he'll play on um, on Sunday and he'll be, you know, probably their focal point if they are to get some kind of goal or creativity. There's rumours about Obama Yang leaving now, that they want to sell him. Um, and I still think that he's got something to offer for them. But at the same time, looking at this Chelsea side, I think they will need a miracle, which also some, they've been a bit of a bogey team at times in the last couple of years. But I think this this year almost proved too much too much for them. I think Tuchel's you know, game plan and also, as we said, the squad depth we have and Kante coming back and arguably Reese James and Ben Chilwell being match fit now. I think I can't, I can't really see the, maybe, maybe having a full, full capacity Emirates might, might benefit them. But um or on the contrary, it might not if, you know, the pressure's on our better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm excited. And um, I actually was watching the Lukaku um, interview um, before before recording this and, you know, saying how he's got unfinished business and how Drugburn and Elko were his mentors before, you know, in the last couple of years. So um, I think he's also going to be wanting to start off, the, you know, second spell with Chelsea with a, with a bang, definitely. So um, I'm almost expecting a debut goal from Lukaku now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. I think, I think going back to to Friday's game, um, just watch. Um, well, not even Friday. The problem with Arsenal for me is that they don't have a Tony Adams, a big voice, a vocal person. They don't have a Thierry Henry. They don't have a a voice. You know, they, you look at their, their team. You look at um, at Chelsea. We've got Thiago Silva. We've got those big, you know, statues of players in in the team. United have got a Paul Pogba. They've got. You know, City have got Fernandinho or Kevin De Bruyne. Someone who's just, you're looking, right, he comes on, he's going to make a difference in the game. You look at, yeah. I mean, Arsenal are relying on Saka, brilliant player, Smith Rowe, brilliant player, but they haven't really got anyone that you can look at and say, 
you know, this, you know, that that Patrick Vieira, who was arguably one of their best players and, and, you know, the vocal person in that, in that team. So I, I think this is the perfect time to play Arsenal. I think they'll be defeated from Brentford who they, I'm, I'm assuming they went into that game thinking they were going to win, um, you know, newly promoted team. They can win, but I, I just think Arteta's out of his depth. You know, they're trying to play out from the back. They can't do it. They haven't got the defenders to play out from the back. And I, I think, our, you know, the pace of Werner, um, you know, the, the, the pace of Lukaku, it's going to be too much for for a Chambers who, who just, you know, he's like, he doesn't know his left from his right. You know, he's just a, a really awful defender. So, to, yeah, to, to see how Ivan Tony bullied him on Friday, I can only imagine what the likes of, you know, a, a Mason Mount or a Lukaku is going to do to, to Arsenal yeah. um, on, on uh, Saturday. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but um Let's, let's quickly talk about uh, Brentford, as we've just mentioned. Um, what, what's your thoughts, uh, Rich? Big game coming up. Massive game. Um, I think, especially, like I said, we had that preseason friendly where we had like a mainly down to 23s play against the Brentford B side. But Brentford, they play the same way throughout their, their from um, academy to first team. So we're going to have an idea of how to play against them, which which helps. Also, and this is why I'm happy that you pressed us because Brentford press mm. and they press well. So in order to, to beat a side like Brentford, we're going to have to go from back to front very quickly. Um, so if it means bypassing the midfield to start off with and just hitting Benteke, I'm hoping it's Benteke, but just hitting him <laughs> um, and then playing from there because I think once you bypass that initial press, I think you can get out there the back line. Arsenal, as much as they weren't very good, had chances. They got into the final third quite easily, in my opinion. Mm. I think, obviously, where they found trouble was when, obviously, the Ivan Tony and Mbolo, Mbolo, he was... Anyway, yeah. it's a problem. Um, where they were pressing and, and enforcing the mistakes. Um, they've got very decent technical players at the top end of the field. Their, their back line's all right, but they can get... get at. If, if Arsenal were clinical, they might have got two, three goals themselves. You know? Um, so we're going to have to put pressure on their back line immediately and, and impose ourselves as the Premiership club. Yeah. Well, Brentford's a Premiership club now. We've got to give them a bit of respect. Yeah. No, no, I, I absolutely <laughs> will respect them. I've like, I'm glad they came up because they are a deep, yeah. they're very good football inside. Um, yeah. But we can't be showing anyone any respect if we want to stay in this division. You know, especially yeah. in this year where we're, we've got so much of a transition. This is going to be our hardest year. Yeah, you know, I have to so agree. We we have to just go out there and just impose ourselves from the get go. So so you're going for a win, Palace I re- win. I, Yeah, I reckon we win. Yeah, I reckon we it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. The, the about- addition of um Gallagher into the midfield. It's just those small very, things. Very those small things. Anderson will be starting now. You know, yeah. um, it's just these little things. I mean, there's rumours that we could be getting Ahmad on loan. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and they, they said Div, um, Origi as well. I don't want Origi though. <laughs> but, but we I don't do think need... Liverpool want Origi to be honest. Uh, we've been shafted by Liverpool too much. But um, but we need we need another forward. We do yeah. need another forward. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I think the I think the introduction of Benteke and like you've mentioned Conor Gallagher. Um, I think Palace will be would be eager to go. I'm sure they'd love that yeah. game to have come the day after. Um, you know the, the Chelsea game just to get it out of the system, but. Um, 
yeah, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really good game. Um, looking forward to watching that one as well. But I, I think going back to the the, the Arsenal game, I, I think the introduction of Lukaku, um, my prediction for that would probably be three 0 Mendy clean sheet it, again. It could be anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. It could, have, it, you're right, it, right. It could be, but I think I would think three would Aubameyang be back? Because there's there's rumours circulating that Barcelona win. They can't afford them. <laughs> but I think they they're trying to afford. put in um, um, Coutinho as part of the right. It's a very package. good. That's a very good deal. He's on good wages there at Barcelona, so it's um, it gets the the wage bill down, doesn't it? As well, if if Aubameyang takes a, a wage cut, but um, whether he's back, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm confident in in the 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 centre-backs we've got. Um, you know, I'm sure Chalibur could put him in his back pocket and keep him there for 90, min- 90 minutes. But um, Theo, what, what's your prediction? What, what what would you do for the lineup? Would you keep it as we did on Saturday? Or would you maybe bring in a, a Chilwell or leave Alonso because of how well he played? Would you, would you change anything? I think it's almost harsh dropping any one of those 11 players because they played so well on Saturday. But what I would do potentially is bring in Kante, maybe for Kovacic, seeing that he played the 120 minutes in um, in Belfast and the 90 minutes, I think, um, on Saturday. And I would maybe give Aspi um, a rest as well at right wing back and maybe bring in um, Rhys James. But otherwise, I'd keep the the same lineup and obviously Lukaku potentially for, um, for Werner or depending on what the formation is, two strikers or... You know, wingers. I'm not too sure, but I think Lukaku, Rhys James, and um, oh, and um, Kante are the three. I think I would bring in. And prediction wise, I think I think this Arsenal team does have a goal in them because they're at home, obviously. And I think, as Reg said, if Aubameyang does play, I think um, he is a good player. We know what he can bring to the Arsenal team when he's on form. So I think three one. I'm going to go with to Chelsea, but um, I hate making predictions against Arsenal because I just get too cocky <laughs> and it always backfires. But um, but yeah, let's stick not, with my gut instinct. Fingers, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'll, I'll, I'll say three one. Yeah, yeah. I, I do hope you win because we need as many clubs down the bottom. <laughs> well, possible. this is going to this is going to be a really testing season for Arsenal. You know, I think they haven't got any European football. Um, they've got really no excuse to to do well. And when I say well, I mean, break into Europa or top four. Um, that should be their, their their objectives, their goal for this season. It's, there's no excuse. You know, they've, they've either got to get a League Cup or get into some sort of Euro- European football next season, whether that's the, the, the new one, the Conference League, Euro- Europa Conference League or, or whatever. But they've got to, they've got to get something this season or, or Arteta's in a lot of trouble. You know, he's, He's um he's on thin ice as it is, but um I, I agree, Theo. I think you know, um I, I definitely. I mean, I definitely agree with the um, Reese James one. I think Reese James coming in, the 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 speed going down that right, you know, get, getting the ball into the box, and um you know, it'd be too much for the defenders to 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 cope with in Arsenal's um Arsenal's defense, but. I agree again about Kante as well. I think that'd be a brilliant brilliant game to bring him back into as well. Lukaku up front, you know, I'm going to go for maybe, maybe even a hat-trick for Lukaku. Um, you never know. I mean, if he does that, then yeah, he's definitely, uh, yeah, he's definitely going down in, in history. He means to get a statue outside Stamford Bridge for him. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be entertaining. They always are against Arsenal. Um, one player that is departing, I think, from from what I've been reading tonight is Batshuayi. He's going on his loan, I think, to Besiktas. 
Um, or is it, a, is it a loan, I think, or is it a transfer? I think it's a I think it might be a transfer. So he's only got one year left on his deal, or maybe it's a loan with an ob- obligation to buy, or I'm, I'm not oh. too sure. But um, I think it's definitely the end of his time at Chelsea. I'm just so. glad we're not taking him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he, it's unfortunate for Batshuayi because I think he's he can score. And he, 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 I just don't think he's ever really had an opportunity or a chance to have a... Well, I can't really talk about Palace, to be honest, but at Chelsea, he's never really had the opportunity to to really you know, cement himself into a team. Um, I don't think he really did that at Palace either, to be honest. I don't think he had a, a, a fair run of games, but he's just one of these players. And I think I mentioned it on, on uh, one of the episodes recently that some players just, they become one of these players where they just go on loans and then before yeah. you know it, they're, they're retiring. He seems like he's going to be one of them who just will never settle at a club and he will never, you know, make a bit of history for himself at a club anywhere or try and try and settle down somewhere. So it is unfortunate for him. I mean, the money's obviously good for him to be moving to Turkey and, you, you know, we'll enjoy the football over there, but it's something that I think he needed to do. Um, I am gutted about losing Tammy now. It's sunk in a bit more as much as I, I criticise him, um, you know, Bambi on ice, but I think he's, <laughs> he's definitely someone who, for me personally, he's come through the youth system. We're losing Batshuayi you know, we could potentially leave Tammy with us and, and use him as the, the second number nine, um, give him a few games, cut runs. It does seem a bit odd that we're, you know, we're really thin on the grounds for that kind of out-and-out striker now as well, Theo. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's, um, yesterday I was just looking at that picture of Tammy, Tamori and Mount celebrating after the, the victory at Molyneux, or the three of them together, of Tammy has got the match ball and it kind of got a bit emotional thinking, you know, two of these players are now gone. I thought those would be the three players that'd be at Chelsea for years to come. But um, I think, Clearly, I don't think I think he must have had that chat with Tuchel where Tuchel couldn't promise him game time. I think even Tuchel admitted that it, you know if I was Tammy, um, I'd be upset for not playing as much. So I completely get him, but um, I think it makes sense for him to wanting to be. He's good enough to be a starting choice striker at another team, maybe not Chelsea though. I think Rome is a good move for him. Whether Mourinho is the right manager for his development, I don't know. Just about to say that. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, Mourinho's got that kind of power. Maybe to make Mourinho one phone call and bring a player to a club, which he's done now with Tammy. I think they must have, you know, crossed paths when Tammy was in the academy and Mourinho was still Chelsea manager. But um, I do agree that we're a bit maybe thin on now number nines. We've only we've got Lukaku, Werner, and Havertz. But I've mentioned in previous episodes, previous episodes, Havertz and Werner aren't really natural number nines from what we've seen at Chelsea. Whether Loftus Cheek might potentially, you know, play as a false nine from time to time, I wouldn't be surprised given his kind of, you know, his physique and his his physical ability. But um, but yeah, I would have liked to see maybe Tammy stay for one more season and really fight for that, you know, spot starting position. Yeah. Can I can I say something about your business model? Yep. Go for Is it, it Marina? You have Marina. Yeah. yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> you we know. manage to, you get loan fees, you sell yeah. players that have never played one premiership game, one minute, getting sold for like 30 million. Tammy yeah. Abraham's just gone for 40. How? I mean, yeah. he's, not, he's not poor, but you'd think like if he was playing so many games, that's the value, the starting value. He hasn't played many minutes mm. and you still yeah. get 40 million out of him. It's, it's, it's impressive. Unreal. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And and she she does work wonders. And and to be fair, I'm I'm sure, you know, the the, the way that the Lukaku deal was done so swiftly as well, it seems like it almost happened 
you know, the click of her fingers. It was just so that that's what I was saying before about the academy process. Sometimes I'm glad that some of these players do move on because, you know, you get to actually see them. Another one, you know, uh, Billy Gilmore moving over to Norwich for the season, yeah. I think is a, is a perfect move for him. So I think even those low moves sometimes do benefit the players. You know, we've seen Kurt Zuma go out to Stoke and Everton, come back and that was, um, you know, come back after the horrendous inju- injury, come back and he's put himself back into this, the, the starting eleven at some point, you know. So I think it's definitely, um, it works in some ways in terms of how we do our transfer activity, but there are times where, you know, we we have we have signed some stinkers, and I think we can we can admit that. You know, we've we've definitely signed some bad players, um, but which club hasn't? So you know, I think we this can, um, yeah, we can all sort of um, put our, our our names in that hat as well. But um, just before we wrap up, um, Rich, if you just want to tell the listeners where they can find you and, and what you do as well, what what your your podcast is about. So um, yeah, find me at Eagle Eyed Football, um, predominantly uh, Palace. Um, fan channel um but whenever i go live it's a it's about vans fans views so i i always drop the link for people to call in and have their say and such if they do they do if they don't they don't it, it i'm always going to give them an opportunity to do so <clears throat> so predominantly palace content uh match reactions uh news whatever it may be but then i also uh on sundays i just started this last night do a show where any fan can call in to talk about the weekend's football and how their club's done. So kind of like a talk sport-esque yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I do that on my channel. Um, for the first one yesterday, I had some decent success. I had a few Man United fans on there, obviously. <laughs> um, Surprise. <laughs> had one had one Arsenal fan come on, actually. So I had to... Brave. I had to, very brave. I, I, had to, I had to big him up for that. Um, and so, so that I'll just keep rolling down. Uh, Doncaster Rovers fan came on. You know, okay. so I'm just, I'm just branding out Trevor for just, you know, just to talk football. Like, that's what we love to do. That's what we 100%. Do. Um, and one of the other things I'm doing is, like, I do like American sport. Um, so I do kind of like shows with Americans, kind of learning a bit more about the intricacies of um, the, the game, really, and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just doing lots of little bits, to be fair. So it sounds like you're a busy guy. But, um, yeah, you know, anyone who's not watching um, the, the social, just give the show, socials of your, your Twitter just so everyone can find you as well. Right, so Twitter at Eagle Eyed Ball. Um, also on Instagram, so that's Eagle underscore Eyed underscore Football. And then obviously their channel name is Eagle Eyed Football. So that's yeah. where you find me on YouTube. And, and Theo, do you want to just give the uh, the listeners where they can find find you as well and the content that we, we put out as well? Yep. So you can find me on my personal Twitter at Sesky Time. So Sesky spelt the Sesk Fabregas way. And make sure to follow us on Instagram for from the shed end with underscore between um, each each word. We're about to reach a, a thousand followers. It's quite exciting. And I'm oh, awesome. thinking of doing a, a little a little giveaway as well for a thousand followers. Maybe get a match day program or something from the Chelsea Megastore. But um, make sure you you um, follow us on Instagram, and I'll be posting a lot of uh, match day content on there as well. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be a busy season, I think. So, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be good to to do these a lot more. But um, Rich, appreciate you coming on. I know it was probably the last thing you wanted to do after a three 0 thumping, but I do appreciate you <laughs> do appreciate I'm, you coming on. Listen, I'm I'm available. Like win win lose or draw, man. This is fan content. Otherwise, what's the point of starting the channel? Hundred <laughs> percent. No, I agree. I agree. But no, I do appreciate you coming on, no, um, giving name, your right. views as well. Um, you know, we'll definitely get you back on at some point. Um, the away, the away fixture, Selhurst. We will win one of these games. 
<laughs> 2017, I believe. Maybe the last one at the bridge, potentially. Listen, let me remind you, Benteke dinked it over your goalkeeper, yeah? <laughs> I think it was early in the game as well. I'm sure it was 15 or 16 minutes in the, the winner. I'm sure it was a Benteke winner early yeah, on you're, into the game. You need Pulisic to be injured if you want a chance of winning. That's what I'll, injure him, I'll injure him myself. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's going to happen one day. It's going to happen one day, but hopefully not anytime soon. But um, no, I appreciate you coming on. It's been um, a yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on. And Theo, as always, um, you know, thanks for, thanks for joining me as well. See us next time. And yeah, make sure you like, subscribe and follow us, like Theo said, on, on the socials as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening.